Blog Talk Radio. It's a life of hustle and survival. I remember when my, my ninth grade teacher asked me, Lisa, what do you want to be when you grow up? And see, I have to fight the Harlem Crip 30s every day to get home from school, so I looked at her and said a lie. I took an English class. I got a fail in English. And my English teacher said in front of the entire class, Lisa, you have to be the weakest writer I've ever met in my entire life. Don't worry, my story is good. Don't feel sorry for me. I got seven under my belt. And then the same year, my speech teacher said, after giving me a D minus, I knew I, I knew I had an A in speech. Like, come on. He obviously didn't agree with me. He gave me a D minus and said, quote unquote, Miss Nichols, I recommend you never speak in public, that you get a desk job. So here's the beauty of that story. Other people's perception of you ain't none of your business. Everything you've ever been through, set through, rolled through, cried through, prayed through, everything is a setup for your next best season. And the way you forgive the perceivingly unforgivable, the way you love the perceivingly unlovable, the way you accept what seems to be unacceptable, the way you embrace after you've been betrayed, the way you do that is the way you believe us. Your light belongs to everyone who'll be illuminated because you were bold enough and obedient enough to let your light shine. Yes, yes. Yes, yes. And every time you cross someone's path and they can't handle your light, you know those people that they try to give you reasons why you should tone it down a bit. That they would tell Cheryl not to sing so loud. Right, right, right. They would tell me to shut up in class. They tell you you're kind of strange. You know those people, dream snatchers, vision busters. Don't be mad at them. They can only love you to the capacity in which they're able to love themselves. Don't be mad at them. Don't be mad at them. Pray for them. Love them. Because they're dealing with themselves like we're dealing with us. But I want you to remember that you're 70 watts. Your 70 watts has to be turned way up because you got way more to give us. It ain't over yet. Don't put a period where God put a comma. And when you turn it up to 159 watts, you know, you keep turning it up. You like, you stop dimming your light. You say today is the first day of the rest of my life. You turn it up. You're going to find people that can't handle your light. And before today, you might have dimmed your light. You might have shrunk a little bit. You might have tempered it down a little bit. But after today, I want you to see this. After today, turn the lights up. After today, you don't dare dim your light. As your light gets brighter, as your light gets brighter, you're going to disrupt some people. And they're going to tell you your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Your light's too bright. Then you just look at them and say, well, I'm not dimming my light. I'm just going to hand you some shade. Good evening. Good evening and welcome to another edition of the Alpha Show here at TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. 
467. If you care to ring me up, if you want to talk, if you want to complain, if you want to object, feel free. You are all welcome. Just come on in. And we can mix it up. Ah, what a week, what a week, what a week. A stupid, stupid in chief. He's not the commander in chief. He's nothing more than an idiot. This man has got to be the biggest idiot in the world. And oh, by the way, <laughs> I saw, I came across something that said um, the United States had a 30. 333,000 jobs in February. And that's uh, that's an article, a piece that I came across. And um, just to be clear, his predecessor uprighted this economy. And now he's reaping the benefits of it. And he'll lie. Don't worry. He's going to lie about it. But um, hopefully days are numbered. It's almost Miller time. And all we have to do is sit back. And, you know, people say, well, we're going to get Mike Pence. Mike Pence is up to this Russian conspiracy, up to his white eyebrows. Mike Pence is um, polling lower in Indiana when he left the governorship in Indiana than Donald Trump is polling now. So head on out to the polls and make sure you vote. Make sure you vote. And for those who are in my chat room, and I think I'll be posting this every single week. I didn't want Bernie. I take that back. Let's start that again. I wanted Bernie. However, I voted for Hillary. And I'm voting for the Affordable Care Act, Voting Rights Act, Civil Rights Act, Department of Education, EPA, FDA, Minimum wages, Planned Parenthood, Roe v. Wade, Speed Rail, Supreme Court of the United States for the next 30 years, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, overturning Citizens United, National Endowment for the Arts and Humanities, unions and the right to bargain. If Trump is elected, all of this is gone. Trump got elected. And he's getting rid of all of that. All of it. It's going by the wayside. Because people wanted Jill Stines. People wanted anybody but Hillary. But now you got Donald Trump. Feed on it. You get what you deserve. You get what you need. It's not too often that you get an opportunity to continue a good thing, Democrats will always find a way to snatch 
defeat from the jaws of victory. Be it through mis-messaging, be it through a group who seems to lean with the Republicans. As I've posted, um, the Dirty Dozen, I call them the Dirty Dozen. These are the Dirty Dozen senators who are voting with the GOP to dismantle Dodd-Frank and the CFPD, the CF, Elizabeth Warren's financial program, which has saved consumers billions of dollars. But you have 12 Democrats, one of them being Tim Kaine, the former vice president, Hillary's running mate. The Wall Streeter, as was Hillary. However, tell me if I'm wrong. Would you prefer Hillary and Tim Kaine or Trump and Pence? <laughs> Only thing Trump and Pence are doing is destroying our democracy. They're the puppets of the Russian dictator, Vladimir Putin, former KGB agent, and... Um, We have evangelical Christians who are simply just, they're they're okay with a three, four, five-time adulterer with three baby mamas and confessed sexual assaulter. All those evangelicals, oh, go to the church and pray. Go to the church and pray. I've always understood prayer as something that you don't do in public. You do it in the confines and privacy of your own home. But um, their messaging, and hey, you got to give it to them. Their messaging drives. 90% of what they do and what they say and who they are. They won the battle of perception, whether we've conceded it or simply just backed off. Democrats will never be able to take over the perception war, the messaging war. And when you hear when you hear them say uh, the rabbit far right, and you got to be afraid of that far left, can someone please explain to me who is the far left? Who on the progressive side threatens to kill you if you, they can't get their way? Who on the progressive side Simply stay, keeps you in in court if you do have power and you rule against them. Pennsylvania Supreme Court overturned the voter ID and the gerrymandering laws in Pennsylvania. And what did the far right do? They've got a crusade to impeach 
the Supreme Court judges, all of them. I think there are five of them. They're moving to impeach the judges. <laughs> who does that? Who does that? I tell you who does that. Knuckle dragging ideologues who never go home. These people never go home. When they talk about, oh, you got to be careful in the far left. I want you to take a listen to this. Um, I don't know what's going on with with these connections to to our site here at Blog Talk Radio, but no one seems to be able to stay logged in, voiced in. No one seems to be able to stay in, period. 929-477-2867 is the number that I can be reached on. So I want you to listen to this because this basically seems to tell the story. And it tells a story, and it's not a story of just believe. It's a story laden with facts and poll numbers because I still haven't seen the far left yet. I have not seen someone so radical, someone so rabid, that it's either their way or die. So I just want you to take a listen to this. So crazy is is when I hear people, uh, you know, uh, particularly in the morning shows on MSNBC, you know, Stephanie Rule and these other folks talking about, uh, you know, the far left, you got to worry about the far left. The Democratic Party, had, you know, if, they, if the far left takes over, there's going to be a big problem. Look at the polls, right? This is a poll that was conducted uh, in 2016 by GBA Strategies on behalf of the Progressive Change Institute. It's a serious, solid poll by a reputable polling company. These are positions that Stephanie Rule and, and many of the others on the on, on MSNBC and and I, I have great admiration for her as a reporter and as a uh, as a you know a former uh, financial person. I mean you know she's she's great, but she's wrong on this. You know talking about the the far left in the Democratic Party. These are your far left positions and how much support they have in the United States, which would indicate that they're actually centrist positions, not far left positions. Do you want to allow the government to negotiate drug prices? Seventy nine percent of Americans say yes. Should students get the same low interest rates as big banks? In other words, student loans at one percent or two percent instead of seven or nine percent. Seventy eight percent of Americans say yes. Should we have universal free pre-kindergarten? Seventy seven percent of Americans say yes. Should we have fair trade that protects workers, the environment and jobs rather than the so-called free trade? Seventy five percent of Americans say yes. This is of all parties. Right. Should we end tax loopholes that, that for corporations that ship jobs overseas? By the way, those loopholes were just expanded with the Republican tax scam. Should we end those loopholes? 74% of Americans say yes. Should we end gerrymandering? 73% of Americans say yes. Should we allow Medicare for all? Single-payer health care in the United States. 
Now, again, you know, the morning shows on MSNBC would characterize that as an extreme left position. 71% of Americans say yes. By the way, every other developed country in the world has already done this. It's not rocket science. Should we disclose corporate spending on politics and lobbying? Transparency. 71% of Americans say yes. Should the NSA be required to get warrants before they spy on us? 71% say yes. Should we spend $400 billion a year, a modest sum, on infrastructure projects? Right? I mean, this is, this is Bernie Sanders. 71% of Americans say yes. Should we have debt-free college at all public universities? 71% of Americans say yes. Stephanie and others, this is not the far left. This is the center of America. Should we expand Social Security benefits? 70% of Americans say yes. Should we have a full employment act? Should the government be the employer of last resort, as Franklin Roosevelt was the last president to do with the WPA and the CCC when, when capitalism fails, like it did in 2008, and hundreds of the millions of people are thrown out of work, 700,000 people a month for month after month for a year? Should the government step in and say, if you can't find a job, we will create a job for you? 70% of Americans say yes. Should we retrain coal miners and oil workers for clean energy jobs? In other words, should we be promoting clean energy, wind? So 70% of Americans say yes. Should we end tax deductions for fines that Wall Street bankers pay when they rip us off? Did you know that, that they can deduct that, the fines that they pay? 70% of Americans say yes, of course. This is just common sense. These are all, you know, should, the, should we have transparency in trade negotiations? 66% of Americans say yes. Should tipped workers get the full, uh, full minimum wage? 64% of Americans say yes. Should we eliminate the Electoral College? 65% of Americans say yes. Should community college be free nationwide? 63% of Americans say yes. Should all corporate political spending be required to be approved by shareholders? 66% of Americans say yes. Should you require a special prosecutor in every case that a police officer kills someone? 61% of Americans say yes. Should we guarantee net neutrality? Now, keep in mind, this was two years ago this study was done. The support for net neutrality has gone up since then, because back then most people didn't even know what it was. 61% of Americans say yes, guarantee net neutrality. These are not far-left positions. This is the center of America. So, any questions? Someone please point out far left. Please point out the far left. The radical left. The liberals. 929-477-2867. It seems to be just a myth. And, oh, you know what else was a myth? <laughs> The Justice Department just completed their investigation of the scandal-laden Uranium One, and they found absolutely nothing. They said it was a bogus scandal. Uh, another bogus scandal pushed by Republicans. Surprise, surprise because this is what they do. The same group side that pushed the bogus
scandal about um, Hillary's sex slaves in the basement of some pizza joint where a radical nut shows up with a a semi-automatic assault rifle to free the children in the basement of the pizzeria, which had no basement. Well, how about the scandal that was Benghazi or the scandal that was the Hillary emails? Or how about the scandal that was uh, Steele Dossier, author, Christopher Steele and the referral of Graham and Grassley, Republican senators, referred him to the Justice Department because they felt that he had perjured himself. He had lied. That was a big scandal. How about the the Kevin, the Devin Nunes uh, unmasking scandal. You see, it's scandal after scandal. It's lie after lie. It's right-wing conspiracy theories. It's the info war nut jobs push these stories to a higher volume. And that volume would be the Trump channel and all of the things that... um, come to play with the Trump channel. You see, you can't deny, and I left out the memo, the Devin Nunes memo that the FBI said was missing particular facts, and it didn't tell the whole story. In short, that was a farce but they continue to push it anyway. And the the demonization and vilification of the FBI, all of that plays into distractions, pure and simple. Now you have the other distraction of... um, what is the girl's name? Stormy, Stormy Daniels. Um, and you know, after a while, scandal after scandal, false scandal after scandal, Democrats have to step up and say, "Look who's lying to you. Look whose ideology is so bankrupt and so corrupt." that they substitute false scandal, that they straight line in the veins BS to your brain. I saw a, um, I saw a, a proverb of some kind, of, and it's tough for me to remember it. And it kind of goes, be careful of what you watch, Be careful of the movies you watch. Be careful of who you listen to. Be careful of the music that you listen to. Because what you put into your mind 
is who you are. And the right has a lot of clutter, space garbage in their mind. And that's who they are. It's always liberal this, liberals against that. You can't be a liberal. And it just goes on and on and on and on and on. One of the things about what they're doing and how they're doing it to our minds. And like I I really, I didn't go, I won't say I went over the top because I don't think I did. But um, one of the things that uh, I read, and I want to thank um, my big sister for uh, posting it, because it's it's um it kind of brought home my um my topic from last week and uh, it's uh, by Randolph Greer there is a secret to being a supporter of Bernie Sanders it is something that totally escapes the thinking of most democrats and Republicans. It is the mental understanding that Sanders is fighting a war that most people are not. It is the war between corporations and people. Unless you are fighting this war as well, you cannot possibly understand how important it is to vote for Bernie over Hillary. This is not about Hillary or Bernie. It's about fighting your real enemies, the multinational corporations who are trying to control this nation and the world. You ignore this war at your peril. And I want to say that that's basically what I tried to disseminate last week. Not just the Republicans not just the NRA, but it's the corporations and the multiple promises, the multiple broken promises. You remember the Gulf oil spill and the, what, well, I forget what they called them, but the cap was supposed to blow and shut the well down. It's supposed to be that automatic blowout. Push that button, boom, the oil stops. Well, it didn't. And the oil poisoned the Gulf. And then they had to come in with another lie, a PR campaign that told you that the the food was fine, the tourism is fine, the beaches are great. Come on down to either Texas, Alabama, Louisiana, Georgia, come on down to Florida. The seafood is fine. When it really wasn't. And those are the kind of things that should make people, that should anger people. Corporations who have sat on trillions of dollars of profit and simply sat on it 
didn't create jobs? How, why would they? Unless the demand dictates if they expand without a margin of profit, it doesn't make sense. Now Trump is in and he's promising him, he's promising, he's already gotten the tax cuts through to the corporations. Corporations are just as happy. Now they're buying back their stocks and uh, they're giving, literally dropping crumbs to the middle class as the blue states pay for the tax cuts through all of their tax deductions being eliminated. The homeowners, interest rate eliminated. Tax deductions that were paramount to people who live in blue states. People in blue states already carry the red states because unlike the red states, blue states get back less from the government. For every dollar that is spent, blue states get anywhere from 79 to 50% on return, whereas red states get anywhere from $2.09 to a dollar sixty-seven, to a dollar fifty-nine, to a dollar forty-seven, and that's all of the blue states. I mean, all of the red states. So take that in mind when you hear people from the right talking about takers, moochers, and takers, because that's who they are, and that's who they want you to believe that people that liberals are takers. And nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing. I want to take a a real quick break here. <laughs> because it's just at the bottom of the hour and um, I can see myself um in line for a longer break a little later in the show. And if um, I want you to listen to some of these um, some of these um, Breakouts, because um, for me they're just they're hilarious, and I need some new breakouts. I really do. I have to um, run it back. Because someone will help me. <laughs> no matter what, know your value. No matter what, know you matter. The I Declare Show, home of Real Raw Right Now Talk Media. I 
I Declare show is where we deal with the difficult, real, raw, right now. The I Declare show. Real raw right now talk media. I Declare. The I Declare show. Tuesdays, 9 p.m. I'm Janice Graham, and I Declare. It's real, raw, and right now. The I Declare show with India Declare. nice video and it uh it's uh, along the theme lines of theme that are the women's movement and the women's movement don't sell it short don't sell it short you know We all exist in this country because we simply feel like there is a common good. There is a common good despite great procrastinations of conservatives. They have a history of conservatives' lies, and um, I'll just call it fear-mongering. And people, I want you to think about uh, the list of lies I'm going to run off to you here. And none of it ever came to fruition. It started out, you can't free slaves or America will collapse. You can't allow unionization or industry will collapse. You can't you can't grant equal rights to women or society will collapse. You can't collect federal income tax or the economy will collapse. You can't restrict child labor or industry will collapse. 
You can't enact Social Security or the economy will collapse. You can't enforce minimum wage or the industry will collapse. There are three industry will collapses in here. You can't permit interracial marriage or society will collapse. You can't allow communists, communism, or America will collapse. You can't end segregation or society will collapse. You can't create Medicare or the economy will collapse. You can't grant equal rights to minorities or society will collapse. You can't regulate pollution or industry will collapse. You can't teach about AIDS or society will collapse. You can't raise the debt ceiling or the economy will collapse. You can't legalize gay marriage or society will collapse. This is a litany of fear-mongering warnings from American conservatives big conservative liars, the people who want to lead this country but cannot run the country. But one thing you have to understand, it started back when they were freeing the slaves and that those prognostications go as far back as the 1800s. And America didn't collapse. But they keep saying it over and over and over as if, as if someone's actually going to listen to them. This is why I say we have to be in this. for what is called the common good, not for any and ran scenario that, you see, most Republicans are actually libertarians who've understood that there are only two political parties in this country. And the two political parties have a pit bull jaw lock on the political system. And we got to come to understand something better, a greater good. You don't climb up the building and get to the roof and turn around and pull the damn ladder up behind Donald Trump once said he identified with Ayn Rand's character, Howard Rourke, in The Fountainhead. An architect so upset that a housing project he designed didn't meet specifications, he had it dynamited. Others in Trump's circle were influenced by Rand. Atlas Shrugged was said to be the favorite book of Rex Tillerson, Trump's Secretary of State. Rand also had a major influence on Mike Pompeo, Trump's CIA chief. Trump's first nominee for Secretary of Labor, Andrew Puzder, said he spent much of his free time reading Rand. The Republican leader of the House of Representatives, Paul Ryan, required his staff to read Rand. 
I grew up reading Ayn Rand. It's, it inspired me so much that I, it's required reading in my office for all my interns and my staff. Uber's founder and former CEO, Travis Kalanick, has described himself as a Rand follower. Before he was sacked, he applied many of her ideas to Uber's code of values and even used the cover art for Rand's book, The Fountainhead, as his Twitter avatar. So who is Ayn Rand and why does she matter? Ayn Rand, best known for two highly popular novels, still widely read today. The Fountainhead, published in 1943, and Atlas Shrugged in 1957, didn't believe there was a common good. She wrote that selfishness is a virtue, and altruism an evil that destroys nations. When Rand offered these ideas, they seemed quaint if not far-fetched. Anyone who lived through the prior half-century witnessed our interdependence through depression and war. And after the war, we used our seemingly boundless prosperity to finance all sorts of public goods, schools and universities, a national highway system, and health care for the aged and poor. We rebuilt war-torn Europe. We sought to guarantee the civil rights and voting rights of African Americans. We opened doors of opportunity to women. Of course, there was a common good. We were living it. But then, starting in the late 1970s, Rand's views gained ground. She became the intellectual godmother of modern-day American conservatism. This utter selfishness, this contempt for the public, this win-at-any-cost mentality is eroding American life. Without adherence to a set of common notions about right and wrong, we're living in a jungle where only the strongest, cleverest, and most unscrupulous get ahead and where everyone must be wary in order to survive. This is not a society. It's not even a civilization because there's no civility at its core. It's a disaster. In other words, we have to understand who Ayn Rand is so we can reject her philosophy and dedicate ourselves to rebuilding the common good. The idea of the common good was once widely understood and accepted in America. I mean, after all, the U.S. Constitution was designed for we, the people, seeking to promote the general welfare. Not for me, the selfish jerk, seeking as much wealth and power as possible. Yet today, you find growing evidence of its loss. CEOs who gouge their customers, loot their corporations, and defraud investors. Lawyers and accountants who look the other way when corporate clients play fast and loose, who even collude with them to skirt the law. Wall Street bankers who defraud customers and investors. Film producers and publicists who choose not to see that a powerful movie mogul they depend on is sexually harassing and abusing young women. Politicians who take donations, really bribes, from wealthy donors and corporations to enact laws their patrons want or shudder the government when they don't get the partisan results they seek. And a president of the United States who repeatedly lies about important issues, refuses to put his financial holdings into a blind trust, and then personally profits off his office and foments racial and ethnic conflict. The common good consists of our shared values about what we owe one another as citizens who are bound together in the same society. A concern for the common good, keeping the common good in mind, is a moral attitude. It recognizes that we're all in it together. If there is no common good, there is no society.
Robert Reich, and that is the common good. That is what liberals are about. And that's what liberals have been about all of our lives. You see, we've allowed liberal and liberalism to become demonizing a catchword for dirty, a catchword for not good, for America. Liberals got women the right to vote. Liberals got African Americans the right to vote. Liberals created Social Security, lifted millions of elderly people out of poverty. Liberals ended segregation. Liberals passed the Civil Rights Act, the Voting Rights Act. Liberals created Medicare. Liberals created Medicaid. Liberals passed the Clean Air Act and Clean Water Act. What did conservatives do? They opposed every one of those programs, every one. So when you try to hurl the word liberal at my feet as if it was something dirty to run away from, something I should be ashamed of, it won't work. It won't work because the facts in history will prove you wrong. as facts in history tend to do. They get it right more than wrong. We connect in a different way. We have different obligations. We see the world differently. We see a common good. 929-477-2867-312. Welcome to the Alpha Show. Thank you for joining me at TruthWorks Network. Hey, what's going on, Brother Alpha? This is House. House, how you doing this evening? Um, you know, I'm good. I'm hanging in there. Um, you know, if India is listening, you know, I want to thank her for her show last night, for persevering through that. She was having some difficulties, but, uh, you know, I think um, she still uh, managed to have a good show. Um you know, because her information is always tight, and uh, appreciate Janice coming there and trying to guide her through those uh, those clouds. You know, trying to um, make sure that 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 show stayed on course. But um, <clears throat> you know, I appreciate you having your show tonight too. And um, what you were just speaking about the uh, you know this common good um, and playing that clip you did, and um, you know I've, I've had this. Uh, this understanding of what, you know, these John Birchers and uh, objectivism and all this stuff is about over the last 10 years and, you know, the Ayn Rand and the Atlas Shrugged and all what, what, what it all is and what, how it plays out and what it looks like in uh, everyday people and in public policy um, and in government. And, um, you know, it's everything we have today. It's the reason Trump got elected. 
and all of these other billionaires, um, if they're not financing these campaigns, they're running in the campaigns themselves. And that's the reason they have the presidency and a bunch of different state, well, the uh, the Congress um, in Washington and these different state houses and the governor uh, ships all over the uh, country. I think they have, what, two-thirds? <clears throat> and we see the policies we have today. Um, they all go hand in hand in hand, and it isn't something that just happened overnight. You know, like you mentioned, uh, I think like the clip mentioned, um, those books were written in the 50s, but it, uh, the philosophy started taking hold in the 70s. And, um, you know, of course, that's when the, uh, the Birchers, uh, Daddy Coke, and all these folks um, started blowing up and um, started infiltrating and um, like I said, 2018, um, this is what we have. It's cloaked in uh, everything. And, um, you know, if it's not a, this isn't a, a oligarchy, which is, you know, probably is, as opposed to, you know, a you know, democratic republic, um, it's, and it's, it's objectivism going wild. It's, um, you know, John Burt society is in control. And, um, you know, all the selfishness and all the corporate greed and all the globalism, you know, it's 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 this cancer uh, that's been disseminated to so many people on so many different levels um, from the top to the bottom. And, you know, it's, it's it has other things in it, like the, the, Robert Rice said, you know, with the racial animus. That's always being stoked. I think that's the main way for Americans that it can uh, it's carried to individuals, um, <clears throat> and it's uh, allowed um, you know to permeate. Um, but you know when it's all said and done, so this is what we have, um, and it's not just here; it's worldwide. Um, there's a story about Bannon going to France and meeting with Le Pen's party. And I skimmed it a little bit. He has a speech, um, you know, and the highlight being, uh, he said, you know, uh, the, the stuff that you do, you know, they'll call you racist. Well, let them call you racist. Um, and I think, I kind of stopped reading it there, but I think uh, what I thought for a long time is, uh, as far as that's concerned, you know, when you when you call somebody something over a long period of time, and it doesn't take hold, or you call them that out of context, um, it takes the power away from the word. Um, and I think we're at that point um, because it's been misused um, for so long by so many people. It doesn't sting anymore. It doesn't hurt. It doesn't have the, 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 the impetus of uh, immorality anymore. So yeah, you know, he can say stuff like that. And Trump can do the stuff that he does and say the stuff that he does. And it's not going to have the same effect. Um, Jack should probably go back and read uh, the rest of the article. But we know in France, you know, they have their thing. Germany has their thing. And, um, you know, it's 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 worldwide. And it's, uh, I think it's definitely, um, it's a mental issue. You know, it's an emotional issue. Um, it's an educational issue. 
<clears throat> but ultimately it's going to be, or, or excuse me, it already is, you know, an issue for the majority of the planet um, because we're, uh, we're at such a disadvantage um, being under the rule, you know, of this globalist, you know, oligarchy. Um, you know, it's just a matter of time before the results of such uh, really start taking effect. Um, and we actually already are, but, you know, we got enough stuff to buffer um, and to self-medicate so we don't uh, feel the impact. Let me ask you a question. Um, I was looking at some of the stories that I come across in a, you know, in a span of a week or so. Did you see the story of Farmer Boy? You know the guy who raised Scarelli. Oh, Scarelli, oh, yeah. Did you see the story on Farmer Boy? Yeah, so uh, I he, believe I, I read. He got he got seven years. He was sentenced to seven years in prison. Mm-hmm. And I'll say this. His uh the boy is rich. The boy is is, is a is beyond a millionaire. Okay, mm-hmm. because he's grifted the um the medical industry and the whole nine yards. So they they sentenced him to seven years for Something to do with insider trading and stock trading. Mm-hmm. So he's in front of the judge, weeping and crying because uh, his lawyers were trying to get him 18 months, and the prosecutors were trying to get him 15 years. Mm-hmm. And the judge came down in the middle, but uh, his lawyers. And this is what rich people's lawyers do. He came out with a, of course, in the news conference afterward. His lawyer says, um, and it kind of tickled me because he says, well, he'll get credit for the time he's done, which is about six months. And the 15% for the good behavior, and he'll be out in no time. (laughs) So, in short, he simply dismissing the guilty verdict. He's dismissing the underhandedness of who these people are and what these people do. But um, he's got seven years, and um, I was delighted. I was, um, as a matter of fact, and on Facebook I posted a picture it's a one of the little pictures with, you know, he's got something to say. And this was a picture of Glenda. Glenda, the good witch uh, of the South and the Wizard of Oz. You remember Glenda? Wizard of Oz, right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the pretty, the pretty face. And she's sitting there. She's standing there with a wand, holding it with both hands. And she's leaning to her head to the side. And she's she, she's got this wand. Upside her head And she's saying um, Simply that um, How does she put it You know 
You know, dear, karma's only a bitch if you are. <laughs> and I found that particular post so funny. And that's what I posted at the back of that story where old boy got um, seven years and he's crying to the judge for leniency. Mm-hmm. And the judge was having, he was having none of it. But I found that to be a very, very funny uh, retort to that BS. Now he wants to cry yeah. about it. Yeah, well, that's, um, <clears throat> you know, an example, well, at least during the trial, an example of, uh, you know, his white privilege. And, um, and you know, also the the objectivism that he uh, put out there, um, that he put on display and, and acted upon when he bought those companies and jacked up the prices for those uh, those essential um, items for our folks. And, you know, the fact that he screwed his investors, that's what got him caught. That's what sent him to jail. Um, but, you know, that, that's that's the white privilege. Um, it seems like he was trying to even uh, – I thought I read that he was his own attorney for a minute. Uh, could be wrong. Could be getting these cases mixed up. Um, but uh, you know, the fact that he didn't take take the charges seriously and he really just dismissed um, anything bad in the beginning that he uh, that he did. And you know, he, he's rich and white, so you know, I'm gonna go enjoy my Wu Tang album and um, yeah, you know, let this let this play out. Um, so yeah, that you know, it, it's that's yeah, it's it's a bunch of that going on, and unfortunately, it's not enough people getting caught and thrown into jail <clears throat> because of it. But you know, that's uh, that's rampant. And I think it's rampant not only at that level um, and stuff that we actually see that's being reported on, but uh, you know, I, I think it it it, for lack of a better term, trickles down. Um, you know, we get it to. Uh, um, Lower, lesser known, you know, lower classes uh, amongst the, amongst the society. I don't think that's very hard to uh, to come come across. But you know, you are brought up um, a couple other things I want to talk about. Well, one thing I haven't heard us uh, between you and India talk about yet. Maybe I missed it. But that Black Panther movie, and um, I got know, a how piece it on that this evening. I do have oh, a okay, piece on that this evening. That I missed last week because uh, of the situation I was going through. But the Black Panther mm-hmm. movie, I mean, it, it's like, you know, people get excited for what people get excited for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I ain't mad at him. <laughs> I ain't mad what? at him. I'm just waiting on my man, my man, bootleg hustle man, to come through. Well, because, I don't know. Um, I'm getting mad at him. I had some arguments with some folks um, who totally missed the boat the way I see it. Um, you know, it was uh, it was um, it was it was a horrible depiction of Black Americans um, on the, the you know the most basic level. Uh, it was a horrible depiction of Black. Uh, Americans and it put it pitted black Americans, you know, against um, Africans and you know uh, insiders versus outsiders. Um, you know, it took away the <clears throat> it introduced the the, the opportunity for a, like a black liberation and then it killed it <laughs> in the same movie um, and all this by 
black folks, um, you know, native descendants of uh, slavery here in America and Africans. Um, it was, and it was um, on so many levels, it was bad. Um, it may have looked okay, you know, it may have been a Marvel piece. It wasn't true to the original Black Panther comic book. Um, on a bunch of different levels, and it was just bad. There's our people, you know, going around talking about Wakanda forever. Um, <laughs> you know, in the context of the movie, you aren't Wakandan. They weren't. You weren't privileged. Um, you know, it's just a whole bunch of stuff. So I won't. Uh, you you doing what you're doing with it? So I won't. I won't. You know, go into it that much. Um, maybe coming in the next week or whatever, but. <clears throat> That was just one thing I wanted to touch on. and uh, One other thing I wanted to touch on, though, was the tariffs that your boy Trump put in place. So, and I'm hearing all of the people on the left, um, you know, rush to condemn them. Um, but that whole tariff thing is a... Um, you know, it's one of those uh, uh, left kind of agenda things. And even though I think he's applying it uh, incorrectly, you know, this could be some whole bunch of tweaks. Um, you can uh, target those to whom you want and get a desired effect. They're just like taxes. And in fact, um, you know, really. You know, India says, you know, the, the, the key, you know, the keys in the tax code. All, all roads lead to the got tax code. Um, and you could do kind of what you want to do if you tweak the tax code properly. Um, but that's another story. We know he didn't do that with that, you know, the tax scam they just passed. Um, but with the way that he's applying it, yeah, that, that it's, you know, kind of misguided. But the idea... That's a, like a left populist idea. Um, the the history of them is that uh, you know they funded so much of the government for years, um, you know, and then you get you know the Reagans in the world um, through you know the tax code um, just kind of tore them down. And uh, but what's disheartening for me is that all these folks on the left um, aren't putting it into proper context and it's just a rush to judgment um, you know to have another thing to talk about bad that Trump did when really you don't have to talk about it at all you can leave that alone it's enough other stuff <laughs> that Trump's doing to target because going forward um, I think as the left takes this, these uh, um, um, institutions back over um, I think we're going to need to do tariffs in a different way than what he's doing, but I think we're going to need him because it was a part of the platform, if you dug into the platform deep enough. So I just think that's um, just kind of misguided the way that they're doing it. Well, let me let me say this about let me say this about the trade deals and the trade deals people seem to miss the boat on the problem with the trade deals. If you allow corporations 
to outsource jobs and you give them tax breaks for outsourcing jobs, you're going to have a problem here at home. If you allow corporations to offshore jobs and um, leave the hollow shell, the hull of American production, you're going to have a problem. If you, if these trade agreements allow countries like China to manipulate their currency, you're going to have a problem. And the people who have stood in the way of riding that ship are people who simply have a vested interest, the moneyed interest, have always stood in the way of correcting this trade imbalance. Trump complains about, he talks about the $500 billion trade deficit. Well, it's really only $300 billion, which is a lot, because we have a $200 billion edge in services. Trump put a tariff on solar panels, which has really crippled the renewable energy market, crippled it something bad. Mm-hmm. And what progressives and liberals don't do, they simply don't message. Yep. These trade deals that have allowed Canada and Mexico to sue the United States for $3 billion a year since they passed the COOL Act. Uh, The COOL Act is a country of origin labeling. Mm -hmm. That's the word COOL. So our laws, the COOL Act meant that they have to Simply tell everybody where the product is coming from. And Canada and Mexico contend that it hurts their sales, their corporate profits. So they have successfully sued the United States for $3 billion a year. That's another bad thing about these trade deals. You see, the trade deals on a whole are only bad because there are poison pills in there that do not allow the United States to remain a sovereign nation. Mm-hmm. And that is what has led to the giant uh, sucking sound <laughs> as the jobs leave the United States because we can't compete with third world Salaries. Right. It's that simple. And yeah, if he so was going to do any, go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry. If I heard anybody on the networks or a couple of different radio shows this week, um, I did hear Tar- uh, Hartman, Tom Hartman say uh, a little bit something um, along the lines of what I was thinking. But if I heard any any of the other people say anything, I would have preferred them to, to have heard them say exactly what you just said. And, um, you know, recast the argument um, the way you just did and um, project 
you know, the truth, what it really is, and it's about about how these things are set up and how they really affect us, as opposed to it just being this one thing and how he's um, wrong on it, and it's just a tugging, uh, it's, a, it's a you know tugging and pulling, and uh, on on that issue as opposed to putting out some uh, you know some substantive information. So um, yeah, we get again we're getting the message wrong. Bottom line. Oh well, we <laughs> let's face it, the Democrats and progressives they have a problem messaging, and I'll I'll harken back to what I've said. This is about a lack of think tanks. You see, that's what think tanks do, and the Koch brothers own fund and uh, back 85 think tanks, 85. Mm -hmm. And this is what these think tanks do. They craft messaging and the whole nine yards. We we were talking about the... um, Black Panther movie and the way it has come out and people, especially black people, are missing the overlying message about Black Panther because they are so giddy about simply having this type of breakthrough of a movie that seems to be successful that people are flocking to see, that people are running to see. And now you have this what was it? Wakanda? Wakanda? Rwanda? Wakanda? Wakanda forever. Yeah, yeah. A mythical, a mythical place, mind you, mm-hmm. that people can't see that, yes, it's a mythical place, but it's doable. You can have reality Wakanda, but we have only ourselves standing in the way. Uh, we have a situation, and I've always said this, Republicans, the right wing, they never allow a negative for them, towards them, of them to go unanswered. They always strike, always answer back, be it the children uh, of um, Florida, the 17 dead, and the children who have come out strongly against um, assault rifles and the impudence of Congress to do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And when they first came out, I said that they were targeting the wrong things. Damn the gun laws. You come out against the NRA and demonize and vilify the NRA and demand that guns are regulated like cars Mm. and registered like cars. You demand a ban on assault weapons because, as we saw earlier this week, at the uh, Veterans Home, Mm -hmm. of six medaled... uh, War hero suffering from some extreme, uh, as what is it, uh, post traumatic uh, PTS, stress PTSD. disorder? Yeah, P- PTSD killed three women, two doctors, and a 
and a nurse, I guess it was, and then killed himself. He yeah. walked in the building with a with some type of assault rifle. Mm-hmm. There was no one to stop him because the guards didn't carry guns. It's time to get that alone out of there, run through the building and ring the warning sign, hit the fire alarm or something. But uh, they couldn't stop him. But that is just what we're left with. Mm-hmm. And these and these kids who suffered in Florida. Did you see where Rick Scott signed some puffed up bovine of a bill that raises yep. the age from 18 to 21? And it does all bump stocks. You got to, they've gotten rid of bump stocks, and none of that shit is pertinent if you don't get rid of Gary. the assault. You got to teach it. Now, now tell me, tell me, how many? Black kids are going to get shot. How many black teachers are going to mm-hmm. get shot? Because mm-hmm. we already know the DNA of this nation is racism. We already know that. Yeah, we already know the you know the history that if you really want gun control, then start advocating for every black person to legally buy a gun. And you're getting already to switch, go 180 on that position. They already did it, you know, was it back with the Black Panthers in, uh, in California. Yeah, well, <laughs> the NIA was all for Reagan. He was, it was all way, all, they were all the way with Ronald Reagan. And mm-hmm. I'm like this, you know, House, we got a, um, we got like a $425 million Powerball. If that's the case, I'm going to buy a trainload of guns. And pass them out only to black folks. Uh, uh, now you you sound like Killmonger and Black Panther now. <laughs> well, well, see that that will force that will force the new the new rule in. That'll allow the new rule to come in and uh, and ban these assault weapons. If black folks had assault weapons, they would be banned. And I came yeah, across another right. thing. Came across something else, House. Another, um, you know, the the new president, the new leader in South Africa is mm-hmm. advocating seizing the land from the white farmers. Yeah. And someone That's asked, what are, you, what are you going to pay them for it? What if they pay to get it? Yeah. They pay nothing to get it, and they should lose it in the very same way. And this particular particular story came with um, uh, a bunch of of, uh, comments about who is who is stealing the arsenals from the Navy, from the Army, they have millions of guns missing. And who's stockpiling these weapons? <laughs> and I tell you, the guy's name is uh, Julius uh, Malenma, the South mm-hmm. African leader. 
He said, we are not calling for white genocide yet. We are here to unshamedly to disturb the white man's peace. No. And uh, that's a that's a big deal there in South Africa right now because these folks over there are pissed off now. They are pissed. They are literally yeah, well, pissed off. And you know, truth and reconciliation only went so far, apparently. Um, you know, and it's time for some uh, time for some action. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's that MLK thing. It's that check also. You know. The check that came back, you know, insufficient funds. Well, you know, they everybody knows where the money is now. They're on every continent and every region, you know, every little hood or shanty town, whatever. Everybody knows what uh what's going on with the money and it's being uh, uh, funneled out of their communities up into mostly uh, white rich hands, uh, no matter where you are. So. What, what was it, Bonnie, uh, somebody has Bonnie and Clyde or somebody, why they rob banks and they said because that's where the money is? Yeah, well, <laughs> where are you going to go and get your money? You folks who got it. Well, no sense in going to the pig, robbing the pig, huh? <laughs> right. Although, although, although I take exception to that because you're going to steal the pork. <laughs> And I know a lot of folks don't need <laughs> it, so. Nah, I'm poor Teachers free, on you. But I, 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 get the, I get the joke. I get it. <laughs> I understand. But I'm looking forward Is to there something... the Black Panther thing. Uh, well, I'm going, to, I'm going to do it because there were quite, there were quite a few people upset about it. Quite a few white folks that were upset about. The movie, The Black Panther. So, House, I'm going to put you on mute and I'm going to play this. Thanks a lot, man. All right, now. House Music Lover. House Music Lover is a weekly, a weekly and a very faithful listener, a follower of True Sports Network. And uh, we've been involved with House Music Lover since about 2008. People are upset because they never let anything go by. They never let anything of a good nature breach their silence. Now it's time to show the outside world who we are. Black Panther makes history with a record-breaking President's Day weekend box office. Okay, this is a message to those who are upset over a movie about a futuristic African nation with a predominantly black cast and in turn deem it racist, you're an idiot. Because if you somehow feel that celebrating a movie's diverse cast in an industry that has been predominantly white since its origin is something that you should be outraged at or protest, you again are an idiot and have been living in a bubble for the entirety of your idiotic existence. Oh shit, sorry, is that offensive? I don't care. Because the fact that this conversation has to be held is ridiculous. As Black Panther soars past records and is on course to become a billion dollar masterpiece, some people just can't deal with the film's excellence, so their fragility melts into a puddle of salty tears on the floor as they scream, why is everything politicized? This is the left at its finest. I bet Soros funded that movie. These are all real comments taken from the Black Panther trailer's YouTube comment section, by the way. So I wanted to take a brief moment away from playing the Black Panther soundtrack on repeat to just address 
this ridiculousness. This movie has been hyped up more than any previous Marvel movie and more than most movies have been in recent years. And guess what? Rightfully fucking so. Because here's the reality that you don't want to hear if you're triggered over this movie. If you're white, seeing people who look like you in mass media isn't hard, nor is it probably something you think about often. Every day, wherever you go, the culture reflects you and infinite versions of you. In business, arts, garbage men, police officers, soldiers, you name it, the chances are you will find yourself represented in those categories. And the same goes for in movies, like superheroes, for instance. Batman, Superman, James Bond, Spider-Man. The heroes you grew up idolizing represented you and conveyed the message that your possibilities were boundless. You could see yourself as those heroes or as anyone displayed in mass media as the world has been conditioned to portray most positive images as white. And that's not to say that there haven't been heroic black or brown figures represented on screen before this movie. There have been, but those figures have appeared far less frequently and almost always in smaller roles. By contrast, those who are not white have considerably more trouble not only finding themselves represented in mass media and other arenas of public life, but also finding representation that depicts the culture's positive attributes and conveys the qualities that make people of color proud of where they came from. The movie industry is one of the clearest examples of this. From the moment black people were birthed onto the big screen, dating back to the horrific depiction of black people in The Birth of a Nation, which, by the way, was the first movie to ever be shown in the White House, to the representation for the many years that followed when portrayed as inherently flawed or often villainous criminals. By consistently reaffirming negative stereotypes of people of color, Hollywood ensured that mass media representation were almost always associated with the race's negative and cultural characteristics, and those prejudices were further reinforced and absorbed into society. Now, obviously, as years progressed, things have changed. Yet the excellence in, say, black culture remains vastly underrepresented. Hence why when a movie emerges that not only celebrates black excellence, but the origins of African culture in all its glory, you bet your ass it deserves every billboard, every extra trailer, and every ounce of hype it gets because it's been a long time coming. And don't come here and tell me that there's no need to address misconceptions around Africa or African culture. I mean, do we need to remind everyone about our president's shithole comment? This movie explores what it means to be black in both America and Africa, and more broadly in the world. Again, another aspect that has been overlooked in countless movies, with most interpretations of Africa coming through a negative lens that only focus on the negative. This movie presents a fictionalized African nation free from colonization, allowed to thrive on its own without being tampered with or controlled by outsiders. And if that makes you uncomfortable, then maybe you need to ask yourself some deeper questions as to why. Because if you view a movie like this as an attack on you, then what exactly do you represent? It is a representation of a progression in our culture that has been a long time coming. A progression everyone should embrace. You don't have to be black to enjoy this movie. It's fucking incredible. I loved it, but of course this is more than a movie to those who embrace and love African American culture. It's a movement. Seeing young black children hovering outside the cinema talking about which superhero they wanted to be brought tears to my eyes. Because guess what? That's the way I felt after watching Batman or whatever superhero I grew up dreaming I could be. And everyone deserves that. So if you view Black Panther's celebration of the beauty of black culture as an attack on you, then again, you need to ask yourself some tough questions and exactly why you feel that this movie is attacking you. And then guess what? Get over it. Because this movie is history in the making and I am proud to be witnessing history. So go see it. Follow me on Instagram at Francis M. Maxwell and on Twitter also at Francis M. Maxwell. Like and share the video. Continue. There you go. Now, I have not gone to the movie theater and seen the movie. And I am not ashamed to say the last movie I saw was Police Academy. <laughs> 
the last time I went to a movie theater. Um, but in reading comments about people who have gone, one of the comments was from a young lady who said she went, she's seen the movie four times, four times. And each time she was in a packed movie house and the black people were the minority still inside the movie theater. So I'm just, you know, I'm just wondering. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> it leaves me feeling when I hear stories like that, it makes me think that um, something ain't right. It makes me question some of the rhetoric you hear about this movie and some of the over-the-top rhetoric you hear coming from, like, people who simply fantasize because they, it makes them feel good. And I've got no problem with that either. If that's what they do, if that's what you do, hey, do what you do. Do what you do. It's that simple. Don't limit yourself to what other people think of you, what other people say about you, what other people believe you to be. Because if you allow them to frame your narrative, you will lose. You will always come up on the short end of the stick. Topping some of the some of the mad stories. These are some of the crazy stories. The particular one that uh, I had a problem with was, you know, the tar sands, the Keystone Pipeline that runs from, is run by TransCanada that Obama nixed and halted the construction of the Keystone Pipeline. And Trump came in because he wants to undo any and everything Obama had did. Well, the Keystone Pipeline leaked 210,000 gallons of this tar sand oil in South Dakota. That's right. In South Dakota. Now, November 2000, November 16th, 2017, three miles southeast of Amherst, South Dakota, 210,000 gallons. On April 2nd, 2016, about 18 months prior to that, it leaked six miles east of Minono, South Dakota. And this gets closer and closer to the aquifer in a five-state region. Once that tar sands leaks into that aquifer, it will destroy agriculture for millions of Americans in six or seven states. It will destroy the economy of Nebraska, 
Oklahoma, all of those red states that seem to be corporate zombies, it's the corporation stupid. And I'll say that over and over and over again. It's the corporations. One thing that um, one a particular progressive theme that um, I wanted to get wanted to get this correct. Republicans are against children eating. Healthcare for all. Marrying who you love, education, science, climate change, a woman's right to choose, veteran care, equal pay for women, head start, GMO-free food, voting rights, the separation of church and state, and teaching evolution in school, and people are still voting for Republicans. That seemed to be a no-brainer for me. I am able to draw a line right there and see Democrats are like battered women. They haven't come to a realization that this is a war. This is nothing more than a war. Because the more chances you give someone, the less respect they'll start to have for you. They'll begin to ignore the standards that you set because they know they'll get another chance. They're not afraid to lose you because they know no matter what you want, you won't walk away. They get comfortable with depending on your forgiveness. Never let a person get comfortable with disrespecting you, period. That's the bottom line, and that's what Democrats seem not to, not to get, not to understand, and they have absolutely no, no grasp of a certain reality. And don't get me wrong, don't get me wrong. And I constantly say this, I don't hate white people. I hate a system of white supremacy that gives them asymmetrical power and unmerited privilege. I don't hate cops. I hate the pattern of police brutality that systematically harasses and kills unarmed black people and other people of color with impunity. I don't hate soldiers. I hate the horror of war that terrorizes the most politically and economically vulnerable among us. I don't hate rich people. I hate the system of capitalism that creates an elite 1% at the expense of the rest of us. It is precisely because of my love for humanity that I get enraged at systems that prevent people from flourishing and being free. It's frustrating to see my righteous anger 
an unjust system as hatred for individuals. But it's more frustrating to see the oppressed suffer while those maladjusted to injustice remain silent. And you see, there is a, and I won't say it's a missing gene from people who believe differently than I do. I'll simply ask, what's the matter with you? What in the hell are you doing? What in the hell are you talking about? Out of all of the clips and tapes that I've played, one of the most, I guess, gratifying is the one about a common good. We seem to have a man sitting in the White House who is simply a clown, just a clown. And when I think about clowns, I think about three kinds of clowns. And I'm thinking about it from a movie that I saw, and I can't think of the name of the clown, the movie, where the circus clowns were fighting the rodeo clowns. And the circus clowns and the rodeo clowns hated the mimes. And I just thought it was funny as hell. I thought thought just that part of the movie was funny as hell. Because you can take the word clown away and put it up there that Republicans are fighting Democrats. And both Democrats and Republicans hate minorities. Because that's how it's working out. That's what it appears to be. Tell me I'm wrong. 929-477-2867. I've heard so much. I've seen so much. um, It makes me question a few things. It makes me question a few things because you need to question a few things. There needs to be important facts to remember as you grow older. As you get older, as that sand flows through the hourglass, death is the number one killer in the world. Life is sexually transmitted. Good health is merely the slowest possible rate at which you can die. Give a person a fish and you feed him for a day. Teach a person to use the Internet and they won't bother you for a year, a week, a month. Health nuts are going to feel stupid. Someday, lying in a hospital, dying of nothing. Ah! All of us, of course, could take a lesson from the weather. It pays no attention to criticism. 
in the 1960s, people took acid to make the world weird. Now the world is weird, and people take Prozac to make it normal. Don't worry about old age because it doesn't last for long. That's simple. Live by that. Do that. I'll spend um, I'll spend some of the rest of this time just 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 straight up bashing the hell out of this idiot in the White House as much as I possibly can. Void Trump. Just void him. I didn't say avoid him, avoid him. All right, remember when we told you about that leaked NSA memo that confirmed a company that keeps voter rolls in many states, including three swing states, was successfully hacked prior to the 2016 election? This confirms what Obama said in his final White House press conference, where he confirmed that the Russian government was attempting to influence our presidential election and potentially penetrate our electoral infrastructure. But now the full extent of the hack is becoming more clear with a total of at least 39 states reporting that there were hacking attempts originating in Russia. Let me repeat that so it sinks in. The Russians tried to hack the election in 39 states, at least. According to Bloomberg Politics, quote, such operations need not change votes to be effective. In fact, the Obama administration believed that the Russians were possibly preparing to delete voter registration information or slow vote tallying in order to undermine confidence in the election. That effort went far beyond the carefully timed release of private communications by individuals and parties. Wait, what? They were preparing to delete voter registration information? That means these hackers could pick and choose who could vote in 39 states. And they also think the Trump campaign was coordinating with the Russians while they were doing it. Check it out. Quote, the new details buttressed by a classified national security agency document recently disclosed by The Intercept show the scope of alleged hacking that federal investigators are scrutinizing as they look into whether Trump campaign officials may have colluded in the efforts. And they ain't done yet. The FBI director that Trump fired for investigating his ties to Russia said, quote, they're coming after America. They will be back. This ain't hypothetical, people. It's happening. The Russian government hacked the American election to deliver electoral victory to Trump. And Trump was in on it. Look, Putin picked Trump because it's good for Russia, not because he's going to make America great. And if our president was picked by some other country's dear leader, then that makes the guy sitting in the Oval Office an illegitimate traitor in chief. And if Russian government agents interfered illegally in our election to decide the outcome, whether by spending enormous sums of money or directly hacking the boat, then that election is illegitimate because of fraud, whether or not Trump knew what the hell was going on or not. And if the election is illegitimate due to fraud, there are court cases in this country where the results of fraudulent elections are overturned. And there are two potential outcomes if that's the case. Here's a quote from Mark V. Stinson, a 1994 circuit court case that was upheld by the United States Supreme Court. Quote, accordingly, where there is substantial wrongdoing in an election, courts have frequently declined to allow the apparent winner to exercise the delegated power. Based on that finding, the district court issued a preliminary injunction which enjoined the candidate who participated in the conspiracy from exercising any of the authority of the office. 
The effect of the preliminary injunction was to require the decertification of the candidate previously declared to be the winner and the certification of his opponent. Meaning, if Trump was in, in on the fraud, then he can be retroactively disqualified as a candidate, and then the runner-up is declared the winner. So Secretary Clinton might be packing her bags to move into the White House. Alternatively, if the legitimate winner of the election can't be determined, then a revote is held for that election, meaning we could be voting for president in 2018 or sooner. Check out the court cases. The precedent is there for us to do this. And you heard it here first. I'm Ryan Clayton. This is Content News. Come back daily for the news where we're free to share the truth. 929-477-2867. I'll remind um, people on the board, if you want to get in the host queue, you must punch one, and it'll put you in the host queue and alert me that you've got something to say. But um, what do you think of that? Well, how about the back and forth legal challenge that a sitting president can't be indicted? President Trump has repeatedly downplayed his business ties to Russia, but a fascinating new piece of journalism tracks three decades of Russian money connected to Trump properties. Uh, Trump's Russian laundromat reads the headline in the New Republic, quote, whether Trump knew it or not, Russian mobsters and corrupt oligarchs use Trump's properties not only to launder vast sums of money from extortion, drugs, gambling, and racketeering, but even as a base of operations for their criminal activities. Without the Russian mafia, it is fair to say Donald Trump would not be president of the United States. That is a weighty charge. I'm with us tonight, the author of this piece, Craig Unger, a contributor at the New Republic. Before I even let you say a word, I've got another paragraph I want to read to you that you wrote. Over the past three decades, at least 13 people with known or alleged links to Russian mobsters or oligarchs have owned, lived in, and even run criminal activities out of Trump Tower and other Trump properties. Many used his apartments and casinos to launder untold millions in dirty money. Some ran a worldwide high-stakes gambling ring out of Trump Tower in a unit directly below one owned by Trump. If you want to know when he was first compromised by the Russians, I go back uh, 33 years to 1984, and at that time, a guy named David Bogdan walked into Trump Tower. He was a Russian immigrant, and he had ties to the most powerful crime ring in, in Russia. And he sat down with Donald Trump, and he bought not one apartment, not two, but five condos in, in Trump Towers. And the state attorney general later ruled that, that that was laundering money. And Trump Towers, in many ways, had been set up as a perfect vehicle for money laundering. It was one of, at the time, it was one of only two buildings in New York City uh, where anonymous people could use shell companies to buy condominiums. Um, do you, is there a quid versus a pro quo? I mean, with Trump having been accused of being so transactional, is there a long um, debt, this, this reason to bend over backwards to show Russia and Putin the benefit of the doubt? What's the active extortion compromise threat that you allege that you found? Well, I think in the early days it was probably simply a matter of money laundering. The, the, the Russian mafia got their money laundered and Trump sold a lot of condos and presumably didn't ask questions. Uh, but things changed dramatically around 2002 and at the time Trump uh, was still reeling from his massive expansion in Atlantic City. He had ended up with owing four billion dollars to 70 banks. I mean, those are not the kind of things you want on your resume if you're going to be running for president of the United States. And in 2002, a company called Bayrock moved into Trump Tower, it's a real estate company, and it too allegedly had ties to the Russian mafia. And they made uh, Donald Trump an offer he could not refuse. They were going to put up about a billion dollars in financing.
advertising. Trump put up zero, and yet he got 18% of the profits on their joint ventures. Was he aware of all of this all the way along? And we recommend to our viewers it's a long piece, but set aside some time and read it. Uh, was he a, an unwitting participant? You know, I have no idea what was going through Donald Trump's mind, and I don't you think that, that kind of thing. Uh, but I, I think you can see that from the way the building was set up and the massive amounts of, of you know finding 13 people, frankly, I think that's the tip of the iceberg. And the reason I think that is that a huge number of uh, people who buy the condos use these shell companies since the election about 70 percent of the sales in trump branded condos have been through shell companies so there's no way for reporters to penetrate that a special counselor though uh counsel is another matter especially one who has hired first-rate attorneys especially in this area of financial crimes special prosecutor bob Mueller. has 17 financial experts helping him with the money laundering side of this. And we still have the conspiracy against America slash collusion. We still have the, the Russian interference and the penetrating of the election rolls in 21 states. And of course, there's this cross-check author and originator, Chris Kobach, is is in court. ACLU is taking him to court. His cross-check purged over a million voters. The majority of these voters were in Michigan, where Trump won by 10,000 votes, where over 200 ballots, well, I'm sorry, that was in Wisconsin. In Detroit and in Flint, over 400,000 were purged. Because it appears that there were similar names in other states. It may have had a different middle initial. It may have had different social security numbers. But somehow Chris Kobach convinced the Republican secretaries of states that there was something fishy. There was something strange. No one has ever been convicted of some type of vote fraud, but yet and still they were purged in Detroit. Trump won by 10,000 votes. They purged over half a million people. In Wisconsin, Trump won by 26,000 votes. There were 200,000 ballots from the Milwaukee and surrounding area, basically minority strongholds, Democratic strongholds that weren't counted. Ohio, the same thing. I think he won by one and a half points where there was hundreds of thousands of ballots where people had been purged or they simply weren't counted because they came to vote and they weren't on the rolls because they had been purged and they were provisionals. 
when I tell you all of the simply the massive election fraud, not voter fraud, election fraud, it seems to go hand in hand. It all came together. by what Democrats are afraid to say, except for Brother King, Hakeem Jeffries. Uh, the brother took to the House floor. I rise today to make it clear that treason is not a laughing matter. It is a serious crime embedded in the Constitution, punishable by death. But since your commander-in-chief chose to raise it at a political rally, let's have a discussion about treason. Is it treason for a presidential campaign to meet with a hostile foreign power to sell out our democracy and rig the election? Is it treason for a presidential campaign to meet with Russian spies who promised that was negative about a political opponent and then failed to report that meeting to law enforcement officials? Is it treason for your former national security advisor to be a Russian asset sitting at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue doing the bidding of Vladimir Putin? How dare you lecture us about treason? This is not a dictatorship. It's a democracy, and we do not have to stand for a reality show host masquerading as president of the United States Gentlemen's of America. time has expired. How much are we supposed to take? How much are we supposed to accept? When will enough be enough? When will Democrats begin to flood the airways with the words illegitimate traitor? As Trump fails to implement sanctions voted on by over 500 members of the House and Senate, veto-proof passed. He had to sign it, but he has yet to implement it, and nobody seems to want to take up the task of suing him. He has violated his oath of office. He's not protecting America. He's protecting Russia. I've heard um, a particular former um, CIA staff comment that we could do one thing. We could fry the computers of all of these trolls. We have that technology, and yet nothing. When I mentioned the the little um, pictured caption that, uh, well, you see, dear, karma is a bitch, especially if you are. There was a couple, and I don't know if how many of you will remember this story, but this couple shows up at a birthday party. Black folks were 
having a birthday party for the little kitties, for the children. And here they come in their pickups and their southern flags. And they're pointing guns at the party goers, the children. They're pointing guns and hurling racial slurs. Well, Taurus family. Yes, and I know it's strange, but uh, Georgia couple who rolled with the Confederate flag, waving group that made armed threats against African Americans at a child's birthday party, was sentenced to prison Monday. Joe Torres was sentenced to 20 years with 13 years in prison after a jury convicted him on three counts of aggravated assault, count of making terrorist threats, and one count of violating Georgia's Street Gang Terrorism and Prevention Act. Kayla Norton, she was sentenced to 15 years, six years in prison. She was convicted of one count of making terrorist threats and one count of violation of the Street Gang Act. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to be honest. I didn't frown. My brow was clear as they both cried like two-year-olds, like somebody had snatched a bottle out of their hand. And the woman was echoed as she was being led away to the pit of misery, hollering, that's not me, that's not me, that's not who I am. I'm so sorry. Tell your story, walking, kick rocks the whole nine yards. Couldn't have happened to a better group of people. Now, that brings me to the last point. And I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this because this is where we are. Stochastic terrorism. That stochastic terrorism has been defined as the use of language to incite random acts to carry out violence or terrorist acts that are systematically predictable but individually unpredictable. Roger Stone, Trump advisor, warns any politician who votes to impeach Donald Trump would endanger their own life. You tell me. Is that a terrorist threat? Should he be locked up for terrorist threats? It's 929-477-2867. It's too late to call in now. I'm about to put a wrap on this. <laughs> yeah. I have no other choice, so... Another week comes to an end. 
I'm looking for a letter or something. I oh, know that's wrong. That's that's the wrong song. <laughs> I'm looking for indictments. Rumor has it Jared Kushner is next. Jared Kushner will be is in the crosshairs to be indicted. And hopefully they'll get um oh boy of uh, Blackwater fame. So when injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Ratings are more important than the truth. Our government builds twice as many prisons and schools. It's easier to find a Big Mac than an apple. And when you find the apple, it's been genetically processed and modified. Presidents lie. Politicians trick us. Race is still an issue. So is religion. Your God doesn't exist. My God does, and he is all loving. If you disagree with me, I'll kill you. Or even worse, argue you to death. 92% 92% of songs on the radio are about sex. Kids don't play tag, they play twerk videos. The average person watches five hours of television a day, and it's more violence on the screen than ever before. Technology has given us everything we could ever want, and at the same time, stolen everything we really need. Pride is at an all-time high, humility an all-time low. Everybody knows everything, everybody's going somewhere, ignoring someone, blaming somebody. Not many human beings left anymore, a lot of human doings, plenty of human lingerings in the past. Until next week, people, I guess it will get a little more interesting. The nation is in a quandary. It's a mess. You've been listening to The Alpha Show. Join us next Friday night, 10 p.m. Alpha will lay it out. It's just damn politics. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, The Alpha Show. TruthWorks presents The Alpha Show. Each Friday, 10 p.m. It's Fire in the Belly Friday at TruthWorks Network. Bring your own rocks. The best of political pushback. Just dance.